Today is August 10th, and this is the TD Podcast. In case you forgot our names, I am Derek Papke with my co-host. Tyler Kutra. Yeah, there you go. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know you were cueing that for me. I thought well, I was just I letting mean, you run with it. Well, we got to work on the interplay again, right? Because we haven't <laughs> recorded in forever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's a great day because it is the first, like, I guess, big day of uh, preseason football. Because yep. the Hall of Fame game hardly counts last week. And then yesterday was just one game uh, with the Texans playing. Uh, so, all of a sudden, we, we've got how many games on the slate today? Like, seven? Something Some like, that. like that. Yeah, six, seven. Somewhere in that uh, range, and it's a good day, man. I mean, your your Broncos played. Let, let's start off with that real quick. I just want to get your thoughts. How, what do you think so far, of the Broncos and and their game tonight? That I think should be just about over by now with the Bears. Yeah, um, I mean, you just take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's the first preseason game. I don't uh, like. I t- texted you earlier in the third play of the game. Uh, pick six, pick six, pick six by six by that I didn't expect from them. The starters play one series; they look fine. Um, I think the more concerning part was the offense, where Simeon and Lynch both were just below average. Um, Trevor Simeon was his poor man's Alex Smith, and um, Dink and Dunk and um, Lynch was just indecisive, not accurate. So that that's more important to watch and right now they're underperforming so it's not I hopefully it improves over the next three weeks before we kick off in September 10th yeah I mean I think with especially this first preseason game it's, it's cool to see some people kind of step out and show up but yeah. at the same time there's going to be a lot of rust out there it's a lot of their first game action and it's a lot of guys that don't really see game action in the first place right. uh, that are normally alongside them so I you know you got to take it all with a grain of salt but um, it did look like you, you kind of got inconsistency both ways out of Simeon and Lynch. And then on the other side of the coin, you have uh, you have Glennon, who, as you mentioned, threw the pick six on like his second pass attempt. Yeah. So not a good start for Chicago there. But then you have you know second it's number two overall pick Mitch Trubisky, who kind of went off. Uh, we we talked about this right before we started recording, but. Do you take that with a grain of salt, or do you think that's a positive sign for Chicago that Trubisky looks this good? Um, I think it's a little of both. I, I think it's, like I said, you know, they're playing against Denver special teamers and guy who guys who aren't even going to make the roster. But um, on the other hand, that's also NFL talent. They wouldn't be on the roster if they weren't worthy of a roster spot. Um, so I, I think... The, what Chicago can take out of that is that they went in there, um, he went in there rather, and, and had a good performance. He, he stood in there, completed, was his first 10 passes, I think it was, uh, before like an incompletion. Um, led them to 17 straight points when they were down 10 nothing. So I think they can like his poise and what, what he did leading, leading them out there. So let's talk about one other gamer here real quick uh, because it kind of goes off of one of the main NFL pieces of news uh, that a lot of people saw this week, and that is the uh, Falcons-Dolphins game. And uh, I know the Falcons starters got a little bit of action with uh, Matt Ryan throwing a touchdown pass to Devontae Freeman. Mohamed Sanu had a ridiculous mm-hmm. one-handed catch. It seemed like the Falcons' first-team offense was pretty much in its you know normal regular season form. But uh, one guy that didn't play tonight for the Dolphins is brand-new quarterback Jay Cutler. So do you <laughs> want to kind of talk about that deal that went down this week? 
Yeah. So, uh, as everyone that pays attention doesn't live under a rock, uh, knows Jay Cutler signed with the Dolphins for one year, um, likely replacing Tannehill, who I, I may be wrong, but I don't think they've announced whether he's actually officially out for the year or not. Um, but obviously giving $10 million to Jay Cutler shows that he's, they're bringing him in for the year. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether this is a fit for the Dolphins. I don't know that he's going to make them any better or, or if he's going to make them worse. I think they're probably about the same 8-10 to 10 win kind of team. Well, when you look at their options on the free agent market, it was right. it was Jay Cutler or or Kaepernick pretty much, and yeah. and the obvious choice for the Dolphins, uh, it, considering Adam Gase is also down in Miami, was to was to pick up Cutler. Um, he he's you know played played a lot last year. I mean, he got hurt at the end of the year, but at least you have some rapport there, and you don't have to deal with the political circus that Kaepernick brings. So it made a lot of sense, I think, from the Dolphins' perspective, and it allows them to to win with their current talent, even if Cutler's his usual inconsistent self. He at least has some games where he can he can lead and and win. Now I don't think that gives them any shot at all still of beating the Patriots in that division, but it does give them a, a shot in the dark at still making a wild card like they you know, like they're capable of. Right. And Cutler also did have his best year of his career under Gase as his offensive coordinator in Chicago a few years back. So um it's intriguing, but I've never really been a huge Cutler fan, um, even when he was in Denver, but We'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. It's uh, Could they have saved $10 million and just used Matt Moore? I mean, because he, he won some games for them last year. He started their preseason game and wasn't bad. So I just think, could you have just signed someone to back up Matt Moore? And... Sure, but if you got the money to spend on your cap, I don't see why you don't bring in color. I mean, yeah. most teams don't have $10 million lying around to throw at you know a, a journeyman quarterback at this point, but... I mean, the Dolphins did. Why not? Um, another big piece of news is Ezekiel Elliott. His suspension ruling could come as early as Friday. If you were to guess right now, what do you think? Suspended or not suspended? Um, it's so hard to guess because they're so inconsistent on, on these kind of calls. I, I I've think never heard of Roger I... Goodell being inconsistent. <laughs> so, so consistent. No, I... Uh... I think I think he'll probably. I don't think it'll be. Some people think it's more along the lines of a four to six. I've seen. Uh, I think it'll be a one to two. I, I think he's going to get at least a game just to send a message to, especially younger players. You know, you need to coming into the NFL. It's not a free ride, um, kind of thing. And so, I think it'll be one to two games. But that's just my guess. I would probably agree with that. I don't think there's going to be too harsh of a punishment here. I would honestly not right. be surprised if there's no suspension, just because it's the NFL, yeah. and as you said, it's quite inconsistent with the way Roger Goodell decides to be. Well, it's the also judge. the Cowboys. It is also the, the, the Cowboys. biggest money grab in in the NFL. Exactly. Jerry Jones slip a you know a couple grand to Goodell and be like. A couple grand, okay. I think Jerry Jones can yeah. afford a couple million at that point to say, "Hey." Well, that's just what he has in the has in the wallet yeah. right now. Is exactly it, you know? just carries that around on a daily basis yeah. in his brand new Hall of Fame <laughs> gold jacket. But yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I I wouldn't expect too much out of it. Uh, another preseason topic, uh, kind of similar to the whole uh, Lynch Simeon uh, discussion. How do you think uh, Deshaun Watson did? 
I thought I th- it's kind of the same to me as it was as I said with Trubisky, where I thought he looked poised. I thought he made some good passes, um, made good decisions, and he had a rushing touchdown, so he looked good with his legs. And I think I think it's the same as Trubisky. I think that by midseason you could see the rookie stepping in there and um, taking the snaps, even though the Texans are probably going to be a playoff team or pretty close to it. Um, kind of an opposite situation from Chicago. I think Watson by midseason will be already be the best quarterback on that roster. I think so too. I I'm actually pretty darn excited. I'm going to see uh, the Seahawks play the Texans in Seattle. I think it's Halloween yeah. weekend, and um, I really don't want to see Tom Savage. I'd much rather see Deshaun Watson, <laughs> even though I do think Tom Savage gives the Seahawks a better chance of winning. Uh, um, I do want to see something out there when it comes to Deshaun Watson. I, I think he's got all the tools. I think you and I both agreed that he was our number one quarterback in this draft ahead of Trubisky. Yeah. Um, and, and I will stand by that, even though I did just kind of pat Trubisky on the back for his performance tonight. I do think Watson will end up being better. So... Mm-hmm. Just just my two cents, but uh, I, I think I liked what I saw out of both of them, to be honest, in their first preseason action. We'll see if they can keep it up. Right. So we'll move forward to uh, what we're going to do. We're going to do kind of a quick hitter, this or that kind of style uh, podcast today uh, for fantasy football. I think it'd just be fun to kind of get a little bit of a debate going and kind of kick off the upcoming fantasy draft season that you and I both are going to participate in, I'm sure, multiple times. Yep. So yep. Let's, let's start off with a non-this or that question and then move into a, a this or that kind of scenario. So first off, if you have the number one pick in your draft, who are you picking? I would have to say David Johnson. Okay. I've changed my philosophy over the years. Um, I've started in the last couple of years leaning towards wide receiver being my first pick. Um, but really, David Johnson, I don't think you can you can't find that production anywhere else. So you have David Johnson over Antonio Brown. I, w- I would take that. All right, no doubt in my mind. All right. See, I think I would go with Antonio Brown. Um, I've never owned him uh, in a fantasy league, and then again, I've never owned David Johnson either. But Antonio Brown to me is just so consistent week in and week out. I think you can say the same for David Johnson, too, just because even if he has a bad rushing performance, he can have a good receiving per- performance. Well, l- let me just give you this uh, really quick. It. David Johnson, I'm looking at his ESPN stats. He only had one game that wasn't double digits, and that was week 17 when the Cardinals were eliminated from the playoffs already. Uh, Antonio Brown had three, no, four. How many uh, of those were without single, Big Single-digit games. Let's see. Uh, Big Ben, so he got hurt week six at Miami. That was a single-digit game. He had double-digit games all the way until week 15. When Ben was back? Yeah, yes, because Big Ben missed three weeks. Something Am I like that, yeah. wrong in saying that? Um, so, huh. All right, fair enough. I, I see your point, but I, I guess a personal preference for me, I, I, I've changed my, like, as you said, you've changed your philosophy. I, I may be behind in the times, but recently I've changed my philosophy. I used to go heavy yeah. running back, and now I've been going yeah. heavy receiver. And I've seen more success lately. I saw a lot of success about five, six years ago with running backs, and that's kind of tapered off. And then last year when I went receiver, besides in our, our league that we participate in, yeah. and the other ones that I participate in, I saw a lot of success out of having a top-notch receiver. So that's my choice. I go Antonio Brown. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I agree. I, I maybe I, I said it wrong. Is I do usually do wide receiver, but I would take David Johnson 
first. I mean, just because in our league I had my keepers were Julio Jones and A.J. Green and David Johnson was on the board. So I don't know why, how I could not take that, basically. Yeah, um, but I've also seen it the other way. In my work league, I took it. Uh, I took three, four wide receivers to start the draft to fill up my wide receiver and flex spots, and I had absolute trash for running back. Um, and that ultimately cost me the championship game. So don't, you know, don't get too crazy like I did. Fair enough. All right, now, now let's get into the this or that portion. Um, well, we're going to go position by position here and basically just give you two players. Who are you, who are you yeah. picking? So for quarterback, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, who are you picking? I'd go Brady. Why? I just based off of experience of um, having Brady in the past and consist- just consistently week in and week out putting 20 points on that board. Um, whereas I, I've never actually owned Aaron Rodgers, so I could be wrong. Um, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers is more of the player that will have 40 points one week and 15 the next week. I would rather consistently have the 20 to 25 points a week kind of thing. Fair enough. Um, but I, I would I would love to have either. Yeah, I, I, th- I feel the same way. I've never owned Aaron Rodgers either. I've had Brady multiple times. Yeah. Uh, I had Brady yeah. last year, and I also had, uh, on one team in specific, I had Brady and Le'Veon Bell, who were both suspended to start yeah. the year. And I had to yeah. ride out that suspension train. But as soon as I rode out that suspension train, man, my team was good. <laughs> yeah. So it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where, you know, if you can stomach Brady, it, the guy is a consistent fantasy machine. Um, but yeah. I, I think in, in this case, I, I have to go with the fact that Jordy Nelson is back. The, the fact that mm-hmm. they found kind of their running back niche in Ty Montgomery. I, I, I yeah. like Aaron Rodgers in this case, and I think I'd, I'd stick by that one. Okay. Yeah. Running back. Okay, you go, you go first here, Bell or David okay. Johnson. Uh, Le'Veon yeah. Bell. So I've, I've owned Le'Veon Bell multiple, multiple times. He is my, my guy. Yeah. I always my my in my stable and I stand by him all the time. I've never owned David Johnson. I understand why he's the consensus number one in a lot of cases at, at running back and overall for that matter in fantasy. Um, I'll, I'll show a little bit of bias here. I'll go with Le'Veon Bell still. Okay, um, I think earlier kind of gave my gave away my answer. I would go David Johnson just because super consistent. The Cardinals continually say they want the ball in his hands at least 30 times a game. Um, so I, I, I can't see any reason not to take David Johnson. Fair enough. Let, let's let's move quickly here on that one. Let's just go over to wide receiver because we already touched a lot on Bell and Johnson. Good. So Antonio Brown I took out and I told you why. I think he's a consensus number one wide receiver for a lot of people. Yep. So we're going to go with the, the, the kind of debated two spot. Julio Jones or OBJ? See, I, I may be... It's so, it's so hard for me because it, looking at the average draft position in uh, ESPN, Julio Jones' average pick is 6. Odell Beckham is 6.7. So... These guys are a toss-up here. Um, really, I think I would probably have to go with Julio Jones. Um, just behind Antonio Brown, I think he's by far one of the most freak athletes at the position that we've seen in a long time. Uh, as you can see by his amazing catch in the fourth quarter of, of the Super Bowl on the sideline. Um, 
So I I would go with that just because I think his quarterback gives him more upside. I think Matt Ryan is a more uh, fantasy-friendly quarterback than Eli Manning Well, is. and playing devil's advocate with Atlanta, though, you also have to consider the fact that they have two really good running backs. So they have, they have ways to distribute the yeah. ball out there. Now, on the topic of distributing the ball, this is where I get conflicted. I would probably, if, if I'll say this now, if Brandon Marshall had not been picked up by the New York Giants, I probably would say OBJ over Julio Jones. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because I think Eli is going to have a good year. I think the Giants overall are going to have a good year. Their defense is turning the corner. Last year it was, I think, the number two scoring defense in the league. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, good secondary, good D-line. They're looking solid there. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they really don't run it a lot. I mean, who's their number one back? Paul Perkins? <laughs> yeah, they don't really have a number one back Exactly, at this point. so they've got to I mean, throw the ball a lot. And Eli's fine throwing the ball a lot. And when they had Sterling Shepard, and it, his kind of emergence last year was good. I was glad for that because you, I think you need to have at least one other solid option. But I feel like having yeah. two solid options can take away a lot from that number one receiver. And so that's yeah. where Julio Jones gets the advantage for me this year now is because besides Sanu, who else is going to take the catches in Atlanta? I definitely agree. I mean, I if I was picking a wide receiver, like you said, from the Giants, I would pick up Brandon Marshall probably later yeah, in the I draft. Agree. 100%. And that's a, that's a, nice, flex, a nice flex player. Um, I think I think where Odell Beckham's being drafted right now is a little too high. I would say more back end of the first round, beginning of the second round, in my opinion, um, just based off of those factors. Uh, let's move on to tight end here. Um, Rob Gronkowski or Greg Olson? So the guy that's always hurt or the guy that's so dependent on whether or not his quarterback decides to show up. Hmm. Uh, I go Greg Olson. I couldn't agree more. I, I just like the fact that he plays nearly every game year in and year out, and he's consistent. He may not get you the double-digit points that you can get out of Gronk on any given week because he gets you two, three touchdowns because Brady freaking loves him. But the fact that he's yeah. healthy every game, I'll take that every day. Last year, Olsen only had three touchdowns a whole year, but he still averaged 13 fantasy points a game per ESPN Yeah, that's stats. a lot. He, he catches the ball a um, lot. I mean, I don't. I, I only see one game where he had one reception. The rest of the game, he had a minimum of three receptions. Um, all so, if you're in a PPR and you have Greg Olson, he's getting seven receptions for eighty yards every week, and Gronkowski is going to play six to twelve games a year, and it's probably not going to be in your fantasy right. playoffs. And, and the thing I like about Greg Olson this year, too, is I think Cam will have a bounce back year. I'm not a Cam Newton fan. I've been vocal about that before. But I do right. think he's going to bounce back. I think the Panthers as a whole are going to bounce back. Um, let's move to defense. Non-Seattle or Denver defense, because I feel like we talk about our own teams a lot anyways. So let's let's just go out of the way and say no Seattle, no Denver, because I'm sure we both would choose our own defenses. Who, who do you take now? Well, before I answer, I want to say – if people are stupid, because the Cowboys' defense on ESPN is the fifth highest drafted defense, ahead of the Vikings, Patriots, Cardinals, Steelers, Ravens, I just want to throw. Well, that out yeah, there. people are people think that the Cowboys <laughs> had a good defense after last year. The last year's defense was a fluke. But anyways, yeah. Anyways, I would go. 
it's a it's a toss up for me um, between the Texans and Chiefs, and I'll tell you why because the Texans have by far have the best I think one of the best defenses in the league um, consistently, but the Chiefs with people like Tyreek Hill and DeAnthony Thomas, uh, almost every week they can get you get you a special teams touchdown. Um, so I think for that that fact, I think I would go with the Chiefs just because. Those special teams touchdowns, that's an easy six points on top of um, an already pretty stout defense. Fair enough. I, I think my argument was going to be between the Texans and the Chiefs as well, and I'll go with the Texans purely because yeah. you're going to have J.J. Watt and Davian Clowney healthy on the same D-line. I think you're going to see a lot of sacks. But there's an asterisk next to healthy because can they stay healthy for a full maybe, season maybe together? Not. Is, and, I think it's going to be... If, it, the only caveat, too, to that is their secondary might suffer losing A.J. Bouye, but, you know, I'm going to stick by it. I'll go Texans on this one. They also lost their safety in Quentin Dems, right? Um, so, yeah, but they'll still, they're still going to be at least a top 10 uh, defense, which is, in fantasy terms, for most people stream their defense week to week is not that won't right. be an issue. So I'm going to stick with the Texans on that one. All right, and to round it out, a position that uh, I think is very underrated in fantasy. They have it's kind of make or break my week. Uh, kicker, so the kind of two consensus two top kickers, uh, Stephen Goskowski and Justin Tucker. Who who do you take? I take Goskowski because although I think Tucker is a better kicker and can hit those long ones. I just think New England's going to score a hell of a lot more points than Baltimore is. And even if you don't get a bunch of field goals that week, you get a bunch of extra points every time New England scores a touchdown. I'll take that every day. Consistency over boom yep. or bust weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. I think uh, Goskowski, the very, very consistent player, too, he's not going to miss um, – a lot of field goals, unless you're in the AFC Championship game against Denver and you miss the extra point that loses you the game, essentially. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, last one of this or that before we move to a quick little uh, segment on sleepers. Rookie running back. I, I picked out the two, basically the two top starting rookie running backs in McCaffrey and Fournette. Who are you taking? Also a huge toss-up for me because I think McCaffrey all around can be another version of David Johnson. He can return kicks, he can catch, he can run between the tackles. Um, and Fournette's just going to be that Ezekiel Elliott, just running down your throat guy. Um, but I think I would go with Christian McCaffrey. I think this year, because of the fact that McCaffrey has Stewart in the same backfield, I'm going to go with Fournette. Mm-hmm. And the only reason, the only reason I say okay. that isn't longevity – sake I think McCaffrey's going to be the better player overall um, and I do like the fact that he can catch the ball a lot I just think Fournette's going to get a ton more carries and so I think that's going to lead to yeah. more opportunities to score points and therefore I'm going to pick Fournette okay fair enough um, yeah I, I, I can see that I think just the variety of ways that McCaffrey can get the ball I think it, it he's probably he's more of a boom or bust player um, in my mind, um, probably a better flex player, whereas Fournette could be your starting running back every week. Right. I, I, I agree uh, 100%. All right. So let's talk uh, your addition to our yeah. agenda here. Mid-round sleepers. 
per ESPN's ADP. Uh, so I think we set our guideline at they have to be on ESPN's ADP list at 100 or higher. So who are a couple, if you can just even spot some out, who are a couple of your, your favorite guys out there that you, you tend to draft as like your kind of like sleeper player? Uh, I definitely, I, looking at this, they have Randall Cobb at 101. Um, I know that he's definitely the number two guy in Green Bay, but I think he would be a great guy. Um, another one that I saw down here was Marcus Mariota at 117. Um, I think that he's going to have a surprisingly good year. I think he could be a, definitely a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um, and that could be my bias, but I think they've added a lot of good weapons. Um, there with like Eric Decker and uh, their draft pick in uh, Corey Davis. So I, I think that he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And I want to move up a little bit. To, I just mentioned Eric Decker. He's not in the 100s, but he's at 91. Um, I think he could. that would be another sleeper for me, even though it's not in the 100s there. Fair enough. I, uh, I pick, I'll pick out a few. I, I really like Jordan Matthews, wide receiver for Philly. I think Wentz is going to have a better yeah. year. And Matthews not having to be the number one with Alshon Jeffrey being in an Eagles uniform this year helps him. So I, I like Jordan Matthews yeah. a lot. For, for that sake. Uh, I also do like uh, Philip Rivers. I think he's a vastly underrated mm-hmm. fantasy quarterback, and he's all the way down at like 146. I would take him as a quarterback. If I didn't prioritize quarterback in the early rounds, I'd totally take him. Um, I also right. think that, speaking of the, the Eagles earlier, I like Wentz too. I, I think he's going to have a good year mm-hmm. with, with more weapons and, and a, another year in the system. So. Those would be a few of mine that I'd pick out. Okay. Um, and I had one more here that I just want to throw in this that caught my eye is James White yep. from New England. Um, I, I, he's one of the kind of third down back, can do everything kind of thing. He averaged 10 points last year. Um, so he's definitely a guy that you can pick up late in the draft that can fill in for your bye weeks. Um, he can be a flex if the, they have a good matchup. You know, they're playing the Jets or something like that, and he's going to be playing a lot of late in the late in that game. So, um, yeah, guys like that, it's always um, these guys from the 100 spot on that, that make or break your season because you're bound to have injuries. Obviously, we all have bye weeks, so they, they really round out your roster and make the difference between uh, championship and can never go players. wrong with the Patriot on your roster. When it comes to fantasy, no, so no. I, I 100% agree with James White. I was going to pinpoint him as well. I'm glad you brought it up. So let let let's talk. Yeah. Let's get on our soapbox here to to end this pod. Why do you, Tyler Kutra, watch the preseason? I would say I watch the preseason. Um, well, I'll put it two different ways. I watch the preseason for my team because there's always position battles that you follow on Twitter and. Um, like the local local news kind of thing that kind of highlight those for you that national media doesn't talk about. Um, so obviously this year, again, there's the quarterback battle. Um, the kind of stuff like that, you look at positional battles between guys that you know and guys that you like and, and watch your team's rookies. And, and I think just watching the preseason as a whole, one, it's football. It's not usually very good football, but it's football. Um, and another, it's just it's just fun to watch these guys that have been hyped up and you watched in college, like Deshaun Watson. We watched in the last two national championship games against Alabama. Um, I think it's just fun to watch 
watch these guys grow from college players to NFL players, and it all starts in the preseason. And um, I think it's vastly underrated. I look at people like Dak Prescott last year. I remember watching him and saying, oh, he might be pretty good and be the one 13 games last yeah, year. absolutely. I, I would like to just kind of echo a lot of what you said. One, it's football. Mm-hmm. Two, it's great to watch my own team uh, see kind of who I think can make the team out of those like third and second mm-hmm. string kind of guys that are on the bubble, if you will. I think it's fun to watch and see how they perform. Um, three, I just hope to hell there's no injuries. It, last year's preseason yeah. injuries for pretty much every team completely changed the way the the league ran last year and and all the standings i think is just who got lucky enough not to have a key injury so i just really hope nobody gets hurt right. I, I i watch in hopes that nobody gets hurt regardless of what team they're on so that that's a big thing for me and then um fun little one that i've noticed too is like we were just talking right before the pod as well on seeing uh, Victor Cruz and Ruben Randall in Bears uniforms. Mm. Like you don't like yeah. if the regular season started today, maybe one or both of those guys don't make the team. Or if they do, they're not going to catch that many balls. You know, the only reason we're watching is because yeah. you know, for you, it's Broncos Bears. For me, it's because that's the only game on NFL Network. <laughs> but at the same <laughs> time, I got to see two ex Giant studs that are all of a sudden in Bears uniforms catching passes from Mitch Trubisky. I think that's pretty darn cool. So, yeah, yeah I think that's why I watched the preseason. I but, I mean, I, I could not be more excited for just the regular games to start. I can't be more excited for college football to start. It, it's, it's getting to be that time. Although I am very proud of my Mariners for still being in the playoff hunt in baseball, it actually gives me something to watch, which is nice. Uh, yeah. I am very, very excited <laughs> for football. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I know we at the beginning of, of – when we started doing these pods, we, we kind of made fun of the Rockies a little bit, but they've yeah, held on. Yeah, I mean, the, right? the NL I mean, they're still holding on to that wild card spot. And, I think. The Ro- yeah, they're a 65-win team, and they're uh, tied for second in their division, or they were as of earlier today. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the both the D-backs and the Rockies hold both wild cards by like six and a half games in the NL. Yeah. So I, I think they're pretty secure at this point if they can k- just keep chugging along. The AL, on the other hand, is a complete train wreck for the with the wild cards you yeah. know the Yankees lost again tonight Mariners are losing right now but those are your two wild cards and then the Royals lost tonight so they're they're kind of in the hunt I think the Rays came back and won so that makes it tighter you know it's kind of just like who's gonna who's gonna choke at the end for those last two wild card spots and then when you get to that game it's gonna be a toss-up on who wins I think so I think I think it's yeah. fun. Baseball's got about fi- a little bit less than fifty games left for most teams. So kind of getting to that home stretch where you're about a little bit over two thirds of the way done with the season, kind of finding out who the real contenders and pretenders are. Um, shout out to the Dodgers for having eighty wins already. It's unreal, uh, and they're on pace to win their eighty first again tonight. Um, and then other than yeah. that, I mean, a lot of random basketball talk going on, but not much on the sports front. I just saw here on Twitter via ESPN that Deshaun Kaiser threw a game-winning 45-yard touchdown pass um, for the Browns against New Orleans tonight. So he ended up throwing a 52-yard pass earlier and a 45-yarder is to it, win is, the game. So is it going to be the year of the quarterbacks that nobody cares about in the draft all of a sudden becoming studs? It, looking, it might looking be. Good, yeah. It might be. I mean, Dak was, we what, are, a fourth-rounder last yeah. year? 
fourth rounder, and uh, yeah, this year everyone thought, oh well, you you shouldn't waste a first round pick on a quarterback. So yeah, we'll yeah, see. I guess year. I, th- I always thought next year was being hyped as the quarterback draft, but you know what? Maybe this one's gonna a good one. We'll find out. All right. Well, you know, it was fun to record again. I really enjoyed it. I I, I know we're gonna uh, post up a regular schedule as the season kind of ramps up, and I'll uh, try to at least record on a weekly basis if not bi-weekly basis uh, as the season starts getting closer uh it's getting time for fantasy drafts yep. and getting ready for all that so that's why we felt like we'd include some fantasy in this pod but hey uh shout out to all you guys out there that are you know getting re- getting hyped for football season as well and i wish you guys all the best in your team seasons as well as your fantasy seasons yeah i couldn't agree more so uh we'll be back at it soon and we'll get our regular schedule together and let you let everyone know so you can listen during the yep, regular and, season uh, as always make sure you follow us on our social media and uh, provide some feedback for us feel free to comment interact with us online we're, we're always happy to do so but uh as always thanks for listening uh, it's been a great pod we'll be back at you with more Sign, signing yep, out talk to you later